0: Hello, I'm Tina Sedahome. Welcome to This Is Not Therapy, a podcast for people who like to find the marvellous in the mundane. Hello, and welcome to Series 3, Episode 3 of This Is Not Therapy with me, Tina Sedahome. And um, today's episode is called Just Do This One Thing Every Day. It's the second in my sort of mini-series within the big series where I'm examining common motivational tropes and self-help sayings and seeing if they stand up under scrutiny. So for this one, I'm sort of looking at, well, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been seduced by a marketing campaign to do, like, this one special thing every day that will change your life forever? Yeah, me too. So in today's episode, I'm going to look at this phenomenon through the prism of the exhortation to write every day if you're a writer. But really, I could be talking about anything. When I started out writing, one of the most common pieces of advice that I was given was to write every day. One of my early teachers pointed out, that if I just wrote a page a day and then did that every day for a year, by the end of the year, I would have 365 pages. In other words, the first draft of a novel. Wow, that sounds doable, doesn't it? I think that was his point, to demystify writing. And he wasn't the only one. Pretty much every writer I have known, interviewed, read about has talked about setting some small daily goal. It might be a word count. Philip Pullman writes a thousand words a day. Joanne Harris used to work as a teacher and wrote for 20 minutes in her lunch break each day and then for three precious hours on a Sunday when her mother would come and babysit. For me, it was also Natalie Goldberg in her seminal books, Writing Down the Bones and Wild Mind, who said the same thing. She's a Zen Buddhist and treated her writing like her meditation practice. Something you do every day. Do this one thing every day sounds so good. Because this principle doesn't just apply to writing, it can apply to any lifestyle change that you want to make. I mean, come on. Who hasn't taken on a 30-day challenge of some sort pretty much every January since time began? You know those marketing taglines. Do this ab exercise every day for 10 minutes a day for 30 days and you'll be ripped. Can I find 10 minutes in a day? Sure I can. And boy, do I want a belly like that one. It sounds so easy, so seductive, so sexy. There's strong scientific evidence that repeating an action every day for between 28 and 32 days will turn it into a habit. And 28 to 32 days, that feels like nothing, doesn't it? That's what our brains say. Okay, that's what my brain says. My brain temporarily forgets all the things I already have to do each day. Cleaning, brushing teeth, sleeping dog walking, going to work, prepping food, the odd shower, checking in on ageing parents. Not to mention all the things I already know I should be doing each day for my mental and physical well-being. Meditation, exercise, yoga, Kegel exercises, trying a new recipe, having some me time. And then there are all the things I'd like to be doing. Writing, reading, dog training, because it's not enough to just walk them, raising money for charity, sucks, riding a horse, talking to friends, taking the next step towards building a business, bloody hell, I am exhausted. And that's on a day that doesn't include emergencies. Flat tyre, lost mother, hastily remembered dentist appointment, stubbed toe, a strange stain on the carpet, and the sudden appearance of mouse droppings by the bin. Yuck. I've fallen for this just 10 minutes a day or 25 days to stress-free blah 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 so many times. My inbox is littered with online courses that I'm halfway through and some barely started. I mean, I can't resist me a short course, especially if it's free. Many of them have percentage counters so you can see how far you've got, You know, like a little cheerleading squad of numbers. But even in the things I'm super interested in, I generally stop about 72% of the way. Whoop, whoop! You've nearly reached the finish line. What a legend! No, no, I'm not a legend. Because I've been at 72% for over a year now. The fact is... Just like the internet is a bottomless ocean of content, we are drowning in good things we could be doing. Things we dearly want to do. And the problem with being a writer is that if you buy into the sentiment, write every day, you feel slicked with guilt on the days that you haven't written. It's a low grade, throbbing anxiety which manifests as distraction, a vaguely sickly taste in the mouth a feeling of however important or lovely the place you currently are, you should be somewhere else, like your notebook or laptop. This feeling particularly turns up for me when I'm doing something nice, like visiting friends. Oh, here you are, glass of wine in hand, but you know what? You should be writing. You should be writing. It's a total cock blocker to being present. It wasn't supposed to be like this. Write every day is actually a humane way for a writer to get past resistance. Because when you write every day, those horrible voices in your head, they get weaker. And just like when you commit to a 30 day programme of any sort, you're giving yourself a discrete measurement that lets you know you've taken another step towards a habit you dearly want to cultivate. And once you've established a writing habit, well, it gets easier. I mean, I wouldn't say it's easy, but it definitely gets easier. The problem is that most writers I know, myself included, we have an internal critic that uses the fact that we may not have written today as proof that we are not really writers. We are some sort of charlatan, masquerading as the real deal. Or perhaps your inner dialogue says, well, if you haven't written today, you must not want it enough. And then there are people who, for health reasons, genuinely can't write every day. Write every day is unwittingly ableist advice. I've had to make peace with the advice to write every day. In fact, the do-anything-every-day advice. And I learnt this through an experience with yoga. I don't know if you're familiar with the yoga teacher, Adrian Mishler. She has one of the most successful YouTube channels I've ever seen. In addition to putting up hundreds of free yoga classes, she also sets a 30-day challenge on January the 1st each year. In 2019, I did yoga with Adrian every single day of January. I know. I was very proud. Sometimes it meant getting up at 5am to fit it in. I did receive many benefits. But I was also exhausted and miserable for the whole of February. And it put me off yoga. Granted, I was also trying to find a care home for my dad and get hospital appointments for my mum, as well as my usual workload. So I had a lot on my plate. But this is the problem with do this one thing every day. There's no flexibility, no humanity in it. The following January, I did yoga with Adrian five or six days a week. I'd meant to do it every day again. Because I don't learn these lessons easily. I had such a horrendous cold at New Year I threw up on my yoga mat on day three. I messaged my sister, also a yoga teacher, in tears. Are you finding what feels good? she wrote back. This is Adrian's mantra, hashtag find what feels good. No, I snotted all over the phone. Maybe try sitting and just following the breathing, she wrote. Even that didn't feel good. Going to bed with a hot water bottle, that felt good, though. In the end, I only missed one day the first week. But I gave myself permission to do the course in my own time. This triggered immense anxiety. I want to be one of those people who keep up, who cross the finish line triumphant at their self-discipline. Otherwise, otherwise what? What was the point? Was I only doing this for the gold medal? Or was I doing it to learn how to better listen to my body, to consistently hashtag find what feels good? I love yoga with Adrian. I'm in awe at her generosity in providing great quality yoga classes and meditations for free. And she often makes the point that you can do this program at your own pace. It's just that my competitive ears can't hear that. I still do Adrian's 30-Day Yoga Challenge every January. In 2021, it was easy because, well, we were in lockdown. We weren't going anywhere. And here is a clue. If you're going to commit to doing something new every day, something else is going to have to fall off the schedule. Maybe you can give up something unimportant like binge watching Netflix or doom scrolling. Or it might be something harder like time in the pub or even um, cleaning your house. But whatever it is, something has got to give. A few weeks ago, I went back to Natalie Goldberg's Writing Down the Bones. I was researching this podcast episode and I wanted to make sure I quoted her accurately. Here's what she wrote. My ideal is to write every day. I say it is my ideal. I'm careful not to pass judgment or create anxiety if I don't do that. No one lives up to their ideal. What? Even Natalie Goldberg doesn't write every day? But what about someone hardcore like Stephen Pressfield, who writes so passionately in The War of Art about battling resistance, who, even though he lives somewhere with a breathtaking view, faces a war when he writes so he can't be distracted. A man who writes so passionately, so forcefully about being like a samurai in his approach to his art that I had to put his book down because I knew it would send my workaholism right over the edge. What does he say? He says, My aim is to write every day but realistically it's probably five or six days a week and my most productive days are always the weekend. Are you shitting me? These are the people I thought told me to write every day. What the actual? To be honest I'm slightly in shock. I've used write every day as a mantra to prove to myself that I wasn't dedicated enough, wasn't a proper writer. But now I can see even my heroes don't manage that. I can see there is a separation between a 30 day programme, say, that helps you turn some desire into something as habitual as cleaning your teeth. But it's not a rule for every day for the rest of your life. You know what else? Maybe it's not about doing all of these one things every day. Meditation, yoga, writing, walking the dog. But it is about finding your one thing. Something that nourishes you, sustains you. Not a to-do, but a joy. Because you can easily write a book without writing every day. Pulitzer Prize winner Colson Whitehead says he writes eight pages a week. Once they're done, he's off on more important things like barbecuing. Stephen Pressfield had his way. You have your way. I have found something that works for me. The spirit of this aphorism, do this one thing every day, is the idea of committing to a regular practice. It's the regularity that counts. So make sure you find a regularity that works for you. So that was Just Do This One Thing Every Day. I hope it helps you be a bit easier on yourself, whatever your work or art is in the world. Later today, I'm going to be interviewing one of my all-time heroes, I I took a risk and I just asked him if he would come and be on my little podcast. And he said, yes. Wow. So what you could do for me, if you could keep your fingers crossed that I don't F it all up in a fit of silly fangirldom, and then uh, in the next few weeks, uh, listen out for the results on the podcast. Uh, It's going to be Well, if I can remember to just ask a question and then shut up, I think it's going to be something really quite special. So stay tuned. Hi, Tina again. Thanks for listening to This Is Not Therapy. All the books and resources mentioned in the podcast are listed in the show notes, where you can also sign up to my monthly newsletter. If you want to book me for a talk or show, or even buy a book, please go to www.tinasederholm.com. And finally, don't forget to subscribe!